Culture and Psychology with Tabana. With a very warm hello to our Radio Bondad listeners, this is Saide Malik Afsali speaking. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers. Dr. Alexandrade is not with us today, so it's two of us. And uh, before the show, we were talking about Dan's uh, weekend, going to a wedding, one of his close family members. And we decided to talk about beginning, um, especially at the wedding, we know that there's a lot of planning, there's a lot of um, you know, preparation going, a lot of excitement. So it's the greatest beginning, but in so many ways, there's always in everything a beginning And there's an end in our life is an end in our um, relationship. Sometimes, unfortunately, is an end, but maybe for a good reason. So our today's talk is about beginning and ending. And welcome, Dr. Rockers, to the show, which is your show as well. And uh, good to be sitting with you and talking about this interesting topic. Yes. What would you like? How would you like to start this? How would you like to do the beginning here, Dr. Malikov Zali? <laughs> well, I um, actually, when we were talking about this and you said you went to a wedding, um, you know, beginning of a relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's partnership, um, I think it's inspiring and it has a lot of excitement. You get to know another person. Each person has a world that is different, even though we may think we all are human beings and we are similar. But in many ways, I think we are different um, also. And when you start getting to know someone who is completely um, new to your life, Um, it's a lot of excitement and a lot of, you know, just um, uh, curiosity to get to know deeper part of a person. And then um, as relationship continues and ends with, I mean, I don't want to say ends, but begins another um, chapter of the life, which is wedding, then it's another excitement. Then their community, their family, there are so many other people that get involved and they start being part of two of you and that expands. And then um, we can just start from there. So there's so many beginnings, but because you talked about your wedding, I thought maybe we can start from here, but especially in any new relationship, whether it's friendship whether it's um, opposite sex, whether it's work, um, it's all, we can have different set of, you know, um, conversation about it. Right, right. Yeah, I like what you said about each person has their own world that is different. We're all walking around. Every person on the earth is walking around with a different world inside their head, not just a worldview, but a different world. Mm -hmm. All of our life is experienced really inside our mind, through our mind. Mm -hmm. We tend to think of it just being experienced out here in the world, and this is what I'm doing, and who I'm seeing, and I need to go get coffee, and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is all of our experiences, everything takes place deep inside our head. So I was down in Temecula in Southern California for my cousin Weston's wedding. 
and I had known, got to know Weston. He is not a first cousin, but like a second or third cousin. I'm, I, I've never been very good at knowing, you know, what is first cousin once removed and second cousin. And I, somebody has explained this to me and I still don't know it. I'm not so good with all of that stuff. But what was really pretty cool about that is that I was able to connect with relatives there at the wedding, some of which I didn't really know that well, and some of which I had never met before at all. Even though we grew up in the same area, the same part of Kansas, eastern Kansas, around Scipio, a small community known as Scipio, that's where I grew up, and then Greeley is where my cousin Weston is from which is just like three miles away. So these are very, very, very small uh, farming community towns. But it was really interesting to get reacquainted with the ones that I had already known and to meet some of the ones that I didn't even know. I had no idea who they were. But it was great fun. I think it was the best wedding that I have ever been to, actually. The most fun wedding I have ever been to. Oh, nice. How was it fun? Is it because of the people there or how was it? Well, it's a couple of things. It's a great question. It's a couple of things. I think one of them definitely were the people who were there and that their mode of operating, that segment of the family, their way of operating is, it seemed to me like a lot of humor and to have fun. Hmm. And they were just fun people. It was a, a great time. I laughed a lot and made lots of jokes. So there's that. So I think that's one very important element. It was the people who were there. And then the other was, I think I'm in a different place than the last time when I went to a wedding, which has been quite a while, I, mm-hmm. several years, most likely. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it really was just a great time. I really enjoyed myself and it was a wonderful setting. It was on this uh, at Temecula Creek Inn. It was on a, on a golf course. This place had a few golf courses there and then close to one of the holes tucked up against the hill. And these are great big granite hills around there mm-hmm. was this stone house, mm-hmm. this old granite quarried granite house but everything was set up outside and it really had this magical atmosphere with the lights and the lighting and the way things were set up Mm. it really was it was just a delightful time so I think just to wrap that up I think it was the two things I think I was in a different place the things my head was in a different place than the when I was much younger so I could have a better experience myself and the people who were there it was just, it was a lot of laughing. It was a lot of fun. And they were always cracking jokes. And mm. It was a good time. Isn't that interesting? Where you are in life changes the way you see things. And that is, as you were talking, I was thinking when I was young, I was going to wedding. My world was so much different. At every step of your life, you have different preferences, you have different dreams, you have different um, worldview. And and as you grow up and you get to a point that you have more experience, you get to a point that you just want to enjoy moments. You don't want to carry, you know, all those thoughts and all those 
um, you know, dreams for yourself rather than that. I mean, not that we ever end having dreams, which is great, but I mean, you're there to enjoy. Um, so as you were saying, I was just comparing my own um, view of events or being in places. Uh, you just are fully there with your whole soul and your body there. But many places in the past, you were there, but um, your mind is everywhere else as well, but you're not fully present. So I think for me, um, it's more being present and enjoy the moment. Um, so it's very interesting. But also when we were talking about the beginning, I was thinking about you meeting some of your relatives. You may even want to get to know them more. You may want to continue your relationship. I mean, there are so many doors that all of a sudden opens. It's, it's so true. It's so true. It opens lots of doors. It was good for me in terms of my own reflections on myself. I know that when I was younger, I was a lot more insecure, mm -hmm. you know, not that I'm totally secure right now, but I think that when we're more anxious and less secure in ourselves, it's hard to do the things you were just saying, which is really be present in the moment and enjoy yourself and enjoy the surroundings because we become so self-conscious because mm -hmm. because of our own insecurities and I think for mm -hmm. me that's the way it was when I was younger is you know you're just so totally caught up in you know how do I look am I saying the right things what I what should I say what should I not say um, absolutely absolutely for me the same uh, uh, the insecurity the self-consciousness, the worrying about what other people think about you rather than, you know, just being present. Absolutely. You know, at every stage of life, we go through different places in our mind and in our behavior. And you were right on um, the target. Even for me, it was absolutely the same. You know, do I look good? Um, do I, uh, you know, this dress fits me the way I want to, or do I look fat? Do I look okay? I mean, so many things come to your mind that you want to be present only the way other people would think of you. But as you experience life, you realize that you just need to be present and enjoy every moment because you lose moments if you don't. So we are in different places when uh, we are with friends, when we are, when we meet new people, you want to know some important parts that it's in, into you, it's in your interests rather than just the surface, how this person looks or, you know, it's just so different. And at the heart of all of that insecurity and things is we're trying to make sure that we are okay. Mm -hmm. it's try we're trying to get validation. Am I okay? Mm -hmm. you know, am I worthwhile? Am I worth mm -hmm. value to other people? Just we need to get validation. We often try to get validation through other people's responses. Mm -hmm. right? So yes. if I'm concerned about how do I look, you know, if I dress a certain way and I can get people to compliment me on my dress, then, then okay, mm -hmm. then I begin to feel okay, at least for a little bit. 
<laughs> no, absolutely, because insecurities are maybe changed in different ways. We each have some sort of insecurities that sometimes we don't get to it to get to know our insecurities. And for our listeners, you know, it's always good to get to know yourself, to find your insecurities, to notice that where uh, we are in life when it comes to uh, workplaces, friends, um, you know, other uh, voluntary work you do with people. Um, so we each come with a uh, few or many parts in insecurity, you know, topic or content that we are talking about because insecurity can have many branches, you know, insecurity when you're talking to someone financially who is really well off, you may just be insecure in front of some of the people. When it comes to a successful, um, you know, positions uh, or when it comes to look, when it comes to so many other branches of life, each of us could have many of those, few of those or just one specific insecurity in each part. And it's important to get to know ourselves and to figure out where are or is my insecurity so that I can focus and I can work on that. So part of our conversation today, aside from, you know, the wedding, the beginning that we started is, uh, you know, to let our listeners know that, there's no way someone can say, I don't have any insecurities. Insecurities is part of being human being, you know, so it is okay to be insecure. Just get to know it um, and try to figure out how you can at least make it better, not even completely overcome. So we come back after the break, we continue our conversation and uh, our um basic topic was beginning but as usual we may go different directions so we come back and continue our conversation
We are back from our break. This is Saide Malik Afsalia speaking, um, sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers uh, from Tavano Organization. Uh, we um, actually have our program on Saturdays and Sundays at 12 to 1 under the Culture and Psychology program. And we have had 123 podcasts so far. So if you're interested in our podcast, you can search us on iTunes or Google, and uh, you can see all our topics. And based on your interest, you can check out any of our topics at the time that um, you can listen uh, to our conversation. Uh, our today topic is about beginning. And since Dr. Rockers started before the show talking about his weekend going to a wedding, we decided to talk about the beginning. And our conversation got into uh, different parts. And at the end, we went to the break when we were talking about um, insecurity and how we can overcome our insecurity. So if you have just turned on your radio, this was the beginning part of our conversation. And now we continue with, again, uh, beginning, how we experience life, how even though we are human being, we feel like we understand each other. Partly we do because as a species uh, we are we can say we know um, human being, but each of us walk uh, in our own world and not only the worldview, but there's so much in a person that when we get to know, uh, we realize that how different we have been growing up, different parts of the world, different cultures, even cultures within cultures. Sometimes we meet people from our own culture have been raised pretty much at the same level, uh, educationally, financially, uh, with same surrounding, but we realize how different we are because of our worldview, because of what goes on in our mind. Uh, so we have already talked about fixed mindset, growth mindset, all of that affects who we are as a person. Let's jump back into the idea of beginnings and as well as endings, because that's where we were. And with the wedding, then I'm thinking of that. It, it is an ending and it is also a beginning. It's reaching a new level. And pretty much life is full of that. There are so many things which are really ending and we have to let go of them. And then things that are beginning. I think a lot of times people have a hard time letting go of things. But if we don't let go of things, then it's really challenging to have new beginnings. Very well said. Um, absolutely. When you start something uh, in different, obviously, venue, um, <clears throat> but also you sort of end, especially when it comes to wedding. So for example, as a woman or as a man, when you start a relationship as a husband and wife, you definitely have to say goodbye to so many things. Maybe that as a single person, you were just thinking for yourself and you were going to one direction that you wanted. Now you're two of you and you have to really compromise somehow. So there's an ending to the part that is only me but there's a beginning part that there's two of us. In any sort of relationship, even um, different than wedding, um, pretty much the same thing when you start, um, for example, a relationship with opposite sex and you are going steady in that relationship, it's not 
as um, contractual like wedding, but so, somehow it is, you know, commitment and also ending to your single life and then now committed um, life of being with someone um, steadily. So when we talk about a beginning and ending, I was also thinking not only in relationships, um, sexual relationship or wedding, but also in our profession with our clients. Uh, we know when we get into this profession, uh, one of the first things we learn is relationship with the client, what is okay, what is not okay, do things and not do things. And then also the termination, the loss, and the in relationship, because patients get um, used to seeing the um, psychologist or um, the clinician. So they get involved and they get attached, especially because of issues that they share and they open up, they feel close to their clinician, to their psychologist. So it is important when we get towards the end of this relationship, which you want to release your patient, it's important to think of how that patient would take it. And you go through phases of bringing the, pa the patient to the part to accept that this relationship is ended. Um, with that said, obviously, there are some relationship with the psychologist or, uh, and patient or clinician that um, it's not that close or, or that attached. But in many patient and psychologist relationship, we realize how attached you become. Even for the psychologist himself or herself, it's sort of attachment. You want to know what goes on in the life of that person that you invested so much time and your energy, but you have to accept that you have to move on and for the patient, the same. So I want to hear about that because I know you have so many experiences with that. Which part are you talking about? Because you just mentioned about seven or 13 parts. Uh, termination of your patient. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, when I was in graduate school, I can remember the training that we got, which was really good. It was really valuable. And they talked about things I hadn't ever thought about. They said, observe how the patient responds when you reach termination and how do they do that? because that's probably how they end their relationships in their regular life. And a pretty good number of people just evaporate. They just stop showing up or they may miss an appointment and then not call and not show up again. Other people have a really hard time with the actually the termination session, the goodbye phase of things. But what we can do as therapists, uh, as therapists, what we do is help people learn how to do good relationship terminations. You know, what sorts of things do you do there? But also help people to be able to speak about it and talk about it. We all need to do it. It's important in life to be able to do that well. It's like it's saying goodbye, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how do people say goodbye when they leave a party or do that sort of thing? Do they, you know, connect with everybody or do they just evaporate mm -hmm. from the party? <laughs> Talking about party and saying goodbye, there's always a joke between people in our community and culture. 
Persians uh, never say goodbye. They say, well, we have to leave. And then they stop halfway through the door and then they start another conversation. They, they get to the door and they come back. Maybe they left something and then they start another conversation and they leave at the door and by the car, they have another conversation. We always joke about that. You usually don't leave the party without saying goodbye, and, and the goodbye takes a long time. So you have to always be prepared for the goodbye. And there's always a joke between our own community and our own people that uh, Persians never like to say goodbye if they're in a party. You, can, <laughs> so, you see it and you know it happens to you. Yes, absolutely. Wow. So, yeah, so it's very interesting. Uh, but, you know, different cultures do things differently and you get used to it and um, it is what it is, you know. So um, it's very interesting. But um, <clears throat> as we were talking about, um, you know, different chapter of life or ending, um, for example, the relationship between a person, um, a patient and psychologist, I was just uh, remembering that during my uh, master's degree, I was doing practicum at that time, and I was working with a, a psychiatrist, and uh, a patient was introduced to me through that psychiatrist to work with. There was a very lovely woman um, who had um, attempt, uh, attempted suicide, and I was working with her. We established a very good relationship. And um, we, I just, I can't remember 12 sessions maybe or 14 sessions I saw the woman and she was doing really well. So gradually I just had to tell her, you know, you're fine. I don't think you really need me because when you get to the end of the sessions, you realize that you're not doing anything much more than what you were doing, you know, a couple of sessions before. So you feel like, I don't want to waste people's time. So um, so I ended um, the relationship and I received a call from the psychiatrist asking me, why did you terminate? I said, well, because of this and that. And, and he goes, this woman went down and doesn't feel good after termination. And uh, you should have not ended that soon. And I thought that is interesting because that woman obviously had attached to me so badly that even though I thought I got this woman ready for termination, but she was so used to talking to me and seeing me that she didn't want to let go of. And, and then I had a conversation with the psychiatrist that this was the reason, this was what happened. And, um, and I was uh, very surprised because, you know, some people get attached even more than other people. So in your mind, as a psychologist, as a person who have learned how to terminate, you think I did my steps. I did the way I thought it was the right time, um, you know, emotionally for the patient and also just in regard to not wasting somebody's time. But apparently, you know, we're, we were dealing with a different personality. So it is important also to realize that people are very different, as you said. Some people can just evaporate and they don't look back. And some people are so attached that they don't want to let go. 
Yeah. What do you, well, what did you learn from that? That's a very interesting story. What would you say were the. I definitely learned so much from there. You know, I, I just felt so bad and it was beginning of my practicum and I felt terrible for the woman. And I thought maybe uh, I should have known, you know, the person that I was working with after 12, 14 session, I didn't know how attached she had become because even afterwards, she wanted to get into my Facebook. She wanted to call me. She wanted to invite me to lunch and, and dinner. So <clears throat> it was it was a very, very interesting, you know, scenario for me to learn um, how to begin and how to go through and how to end, you know. So maybe I had put so much more than I should have into this uh, patient and psychologist relationship, you know, but it was, uh, this happened in 2009, I believe. And uh, to this day, I always, always remember it after 12 years, it was just one of those experiences that um, I don't ever want to get into, you know, because this woman just went down after termination again, and, and the psychiatrist had to work with her to continue in continuation of bringing her up back because she felt so much better that her family were very happy. The psychiatrist was very happy, but the attachment was too much. Wow. An important experience there. Yes, very. So <clears throat> it is so important in a way as a healthy mind um, person to realize that there's always in any part of life, a beginning and ending, you know, uh, because there are different chapters in life. When we say ending, like even when you think of death, it may be another chapter that we don't know, you know, because in some beliefs, there's continuation. In some beliefs, there isn't continuation. But just uh, like when I go back to Dr. Yalom's um, four principles of his uh, theory, which is um, meaningful, the meaning of life, the death, which he always talks about that it's um, inevitable, it's in every one of us, we think about it from childhood all the way to adulthood. Uh, there's a, a lone, the being alone or, or being with yourself and, and sometimes being lonely, and also freedom and being afraid of freedom, being afraid of death, being afraid of giving meaning to your life, being afraid of your alone time. And those are the principles that um, you know, existentialist um, theorists always believe in those because Dr. Yalom was one of the main people in this um, philosophy. But also when I was thinking about these four principles, I was thinking, uh, it is really important that you um, don't kid yourself. You know, there are things that you have to be real and you have to accept and you have to know. And one of them, I'm glad today we are talking about that, a beginning and ending in everything. You know, you establish a relationship at work, but it may not work. And uh, it may just, uh, you know, be one of those things that you have to really think about leaving um, that organization or that commitment that you had. 
even in marriages, sometimes you get to a point that you feel like this is not working or in any relationship, this is not working. So you have to be ready for the reality of life in every aspect of it. And um, one of the ones that we just talked about is uh, ending uh, a relationship, for example, ending, um, you know, your treatment with a uh, client. So we got to another break. Uh, We're going to come back and continue our conversation. We're back with Dr. Rockers. Uh, this is Saide Marikapsali speaking. Dr. Andrade is not with us today. So it's two of us. And we, um, if you hear our voice and you just turn on your radio, we have an English program on Saturday and Sunday for Radio Bomb Dot. And um, our podcasts are um, can be searched on iTunes and on Google on their culture and psychology. And we have had 123 um, sessions that we talked about different topics. You can search us and find us by the topics. And then at your spare time, you can listen to whatever it's in your interest. And today conversation at the two sessions, if you just turn on your radio, we talked about beginning And that brought us to the point that we talked about different relationships. And um, we talked about how beginning in each part of the uh, sections of our life is interesting, is inspiring. It's uh, most probably um, encouraging and because it's a new thing, whether it's relationship, whether it's work, whether it's all different aspects of our life, but also there's always a different sections, a different chapters that one ends and the other begins. And we have been talking about this and Dr. Rockers started before the show talking about his experience with the, a new person in their relatives that was getting married. And we started all this conversation from there. So now we're um, at the uh, last sessions of our conversation uh, regarding uh, beginning and ending. 
What were the four principles you were talking about? Is that the existential principles? Is that what you were saying? Uh, yeah, and Dr. Yalom talks about these four principles. And these four principles of um, starts with uh, death, that this is something that it's inevitable. And every one of us go through that. Um, and we have to understand that there's an ending. So we have to, even though we live um, by, you know, just thinking of a good future, being, um, you know, hopeful and all of that, but then being also realistic that this life is not forever. So when we think of that, that life is not forever and we are real and we are not, you know, uh, basically, um, kidding ourselves that life is forever, <laughs> you know, it's it just, you live differently. Obviously, you know, you plan differently, you understand life differently, you know? Uh, so we are forgetful. We are, we always, uh, I think there's something in our head that we think, you know, we are always planning. we always want to do different things, which is great, but also realizing that there's an end to this life at this, um, that at this life that we are experiencing. We don't know what happens after, but different religions say different things about life, different uh, philosophers talk about different things, but we don't know what happens after, but we know definitely there's death. So we need to be realistic and accept that. And if we need to do things during the time we are, we need to do it whether it's for ourselves, whether it's for our community, whether, you know, whatever is in our mind that we want to experience in this life. But then also the meaning of life. There must be a meaning in, in our life that we live by. If we have meaning in our life, uh, we don't have much of the psychiatric issues. We have, we have less of those because we life is purposeful. Life has meaning for us. And we live by that meaning of life and we are more encouraged. We are more inspired. We want to get done things that we want to do and we want to, um, you know, plan for. So that's the meaning of the part. And also there's the alone time or loneliness in life that we have to accept that even though we are part of a community, society, family, but we also are ourselves. We have a different world within our, ourselves. So we, we have to understand that there shouldn't be a fear of being alone. There shouldn't be fear of loneliness. That's uh, basically something that we have to accept and we have to actually learn from and we have to think who we are, what goes on in our head. And that's not fearful because this is uh, another part of being a human being. And the other part is freedom. Every one of us need to have that feeling of freedom, um, which is really a, a very interesting uh, topic to only even one session we talk about freedom and what, it, what does it mean uh, you know, for us, because Dr. Yalom says some people are afraid of freedom and they don't understand that freedom is not like, you know, you're left alone, but you're free. And that's two different things that, um, you know, we have to understand the differences. So this is how I understand from his theory and from his philosophy. And those, okay, so the four principles were the freedom, 
and the meaning of life and what were the first two uh the death and also uh the um aloneness aloneness okay you know as you were talking i was thinking it's very interesting i do a lot of work with people who have uh, ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder and people have ptsd can have ptsd after they've had some sort of catastrophic experience where they thought they might die or they could have died or somebody close to them could have died. And what it does is it changes us very deeply, kind of almost fundamentally and changes how we see the world and how we approach the world. So in one moment, it can change our entire worldview. But for what happens for a lot of people who have PTSD is they end up with this, it's called foreshortened sense of the future. In other words, they think they're going to die early or mm -hmm. death could be just around the corner. Mm -hmm. And because of that, then they begin to operate a little bit differently. They may operate either extremely cautiously, which is where people become fearful and then restrict their movements and don't go out and do much stuff. Or they can go to the other extreme, which is engage in a lot of very risky behaviors. In other words, I'm gonna probably going to die pretty soon anyway. So what's so what? I'll do whatever I want to do mm -hmm. and go way out there. Right, right. Which probably comes back to that part also that you speak of in terms of meaning. What mm -hmm. is the meaning of life? They may see it as it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and the alone time or loneliness that I said is actually isolation. The four principles of death, meaning isolation and freedom. Uh, uh, those are the basis uh, for the existentialist uh, field of uh, philosophy. Yeah, so it's very interesting when you think about this, because, um, you know, these are important to know that what are the differences? What is altruism? What is the, uh, you know, primary, um, you know, family life? What is, uh, you know, all of these pieces of information we get from different theories, they each make sense and they each are, as your experience in life seems somehow working when you think about in your head why they came up with this. And for those that who believe in this philosophy, they really are into these four principles of Yalom's, um, you know, uh, philosophy of life. But um, talking about uh, beginning and ending, uh, you know, it's uh, really interesting that uh, while you know that this life is not forever, but also not to lose hope and not to lose encouragement and um curiosity of life has to always be in in you as a person because you never know what life brings into your life so you have to always on the one hand be ready for it uh, meaning if you have unfinished work you always have to just get to it finish it because you don't know if tomorrow if there is tomorrow on the one hand when you think about this it seems to some people, so then it's not meaningful life if it's so, um, you know, unknown and you may not be here tomorrow. But on the other hand, when you think about it, you live a life that you 
do what you really think is meaningful and you want to take care of, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen next. So it's, it's one of those things that you have to always um, get to thinking of a balance of life. You know, you're not here forever to do whatever you want. <clears throat> and if it's hurtful to other people, you don't care. But no, you have to care. You're, you're here for a short um, matter of time. <clears throat> and those times are, it must be meaningful and must be valuable to you. So when you are leaving, you have to really review your life in a way that you feel confident that, you know, you did what you really um, could do, whether it's for you, whether for your loved ones, whether, you know, so it's important to sort of understand it, uh, live happily, live uh, in, with this inspira inspiration, uh, with courage, with, um, you know, livelihood of life, but also uh, don't close your eyes to the reality of life. And this, this is what the midlife crisis is about, right? We often think of midlife crisis as being some um, bad thing, like it's somebody going crazy or something, but it isn't. It's the realization that life is finite. Mm -hmm. It's the realization that life is finite. And wait a minute, I'm about halfway through this thing. That's what midlife crisis is about. And so then it becomes this reevaluation of what have I done? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do or want to do mm -hmm. before this whole thing wraps up for me? Mm -hmm. So it's actually a very healthy indicator that one is progressing through a developmental stage. Mm -hmm. So maybe evaluation. Mm -hmm. So maybe the uh, conflict, dominance, and rebellion, because in his uh, you know explanation, he divides life into four stages, you know, and um, basically the very first stage uh, is, um, you know, developing the socializing techniques after, of course, you, um, you know, you get into your adulthood. And then uh, basically the stage that you were talking about seems like um, the stage of you know, getting into the conflicts of life, you know, you, you're at the age that you realize that, you know, half of your life is gone. And was it meaningful? What did you do? And then now you get at a point that um, you become more, um, I would say, rebellious in some ways. Can become rebellious. If you haven't done those things, or whatever things still left to be done can be rebellious. Yes, absolutely. Right. Midlife crisis might be I need to not be so rebellious. Mm -hmm. Right? If my early part of my life was marked with a lot of rebellion. Yeah. Do you always say negative things about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Why are you it's saying this? Positive. No. <laughs> yeah. No, on the one hand, it's good. <laughs> like because you're just always very humble and you never want to say anything about yourself that is show up. But on the other hand, it seems like you always want to mention those parts. <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah, I want to go back to Yalom's ultimate concerns. Um, 
because okay. uh, the ultimate concerns is death, isolation, loss of freedom, and meaning, and basically meaningless. So these reflect deep and fundamental needs. So for example, death, uh, death basically, we have a deep um, instinctive fear of death. So he wants to bring that up and talk about it. Then when it comes to isolation, he wants to talk about deep needs for belonging and uh, esteem and identity. So he talks about that and fear of isolation. Then he talks about freedom. Freedom seems like um, a sense of control that increases in, in our life. And we are afraid of losing that. And when he talks about meaning or meaningless, he talks about motivation and um, also gives sense to our identity and choices, you know. So basically, uh, when you think of these principles, you know, this is something that it's part of uh, a human being. And it's part of when you begin and you end all these, you know, like death is loss. Ending is loss. You know, anything that is loss, it's not easy for us. We always want to something um, continue. We always want something to work. Like think about the relationship, uh, the divorce, for example. But as we were talking about all this, I was just thinking, what a great idea to always think of ending in a nice way. So there's a saying in Persian language that says, end something, whether it's relationship or specifically is in relationship, that when you want to go back to it, you have the face to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, Very nice. you don't want to break all the bridges behind you. You want to, because you don't know what happens in you. At this moment, you may want to end something, but just do it the way if you want to ch- go back and change your mind, you'll be able to do that, you know? So in other words, um, just don't, don't, don't break all the bridges um, between yourself and anyone whom you have relationship, you know, even if don't you blow end, it. End it. Yeah, exactly. I know there's always uh, so much to talk about before you may know we are at the end of our program. So as usual, we want to end with a statement uh, before we leave. What will your statement be? <laughs> what do you want to say about beginning and ending, which was the topic of our conversation? I'm trying to think of, uh, there is a good quote, and I don't have it in my head right now. I haven't thought about it in a long time, but a good quote from Viktor Frankl about existentialism. And he's something like, live your life now in a way that if you imagine yourself at the end of your life, looking back at how you are right now, what do you, what will you wish you would have been doing? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like thinking ahead to when you're dying, looking back to where you are now, and you use that as a guide for what should you be doing? How should you be operating? What mm-hmm. should you do? So I think it's a, a different perspective. It gives us a little bit of different perspective on that. Very good. Yeah. Um, And I want to say one of the ultimate challenges of life is to find meaning in it. 
And we often struggle to give reason for our daily actions. So meaning gives us motivation and sense of our own identity and choice uh, in life. So it's important to find a meaning and that meaning for each person might be different. You know, we can start small. Uh, the meaning you can start within your family. Then you can expand it to a bigger community. Then you can expand it to a bigger community. Whatever brings meaning to your life. Some people are devoted to their families and their that's their meaning of life, which is great. As long as you come out of yourself and you give, bring you bring meaning to your life by having a purpose, by having something to do for humanity. So with that, I want to wish everyone a great Saturday and also um, a wonderful life and meaningful life. And we come back tomorrow to converse about another topic, um, either current event, uh, something about psychological issues, uh, something about, you know, philosophical issues, which is part of a psychology of a human being. So with that, have a wonderful day. سرد درختا یادگاری نبشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر تو را از من جدا
خاطرت آید که آن شب از جنگل ها گذشتیم بر تن سرد درختان یادگاری نوشتیم با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سرنوشت تو را از من جدا رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا